So. Are we doing this thing now? Yeah. Okay. I press record and everything. Oh, well it? done. Although I'll just check. <laughs> <laughs> this is live, folks. Yeah, it's recording. This oh week. my this, goodness, this the technical genius. Anyway, it's good to be back. Yeah. <clears throat> and continuing our run of reviewing all the best albums that have come out this year. Yep. Uh, or not, depending on your point of view. We have the tenth album from Morrissey. Will peace is none of your business. Debut album by an Australian band called Five Seconds of Summer, which is called Five Seconds of Summer. Uh, we have the 21st studio album from Yes, still going, uh, Heaven and Earth. We have uh, the Ruse second album, which I forgot to write the title down to. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you can't remember it, can you? It's, it's the one that's not called La Rue. <laughs> it's the it's La Rue's second album. Yeah. Well, Pete looks that up on Tinternet. Uh, we're also doing <laughs> Cut Copy, uh, Free Your Mind, their I fourth studio album. Uh, and finally, the third solo outing from Jenny Lewis called The Voyager. Of course, LaRue's second album is Trouble in Paradise. More it on which is later. Trouble in Paradise. Yeah. But we start off with Stephen. Yeah. Uh, the return of Morsey. Yeah. With World Pieces, None of Your Business. Uh, is it a welcome return? No. <laughs> <laughs> Done my research this time. Um, okay, let's 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 take this from the top. I actually found this album um, was vastly superior to the last album. Uh, yes, um, it, uh, it, I agree with that because the last album, Years of Refusal. Years of Refusal. That was it. That's yes, we were trying to think of that earlier on. Yeah. Years of Refusal. Um, and but I have to admit it doesn't quite touch the the the, the grand heights of um, you are the quarry, no, or the the gentle slopes of uh, ringleader of the tormentors. I would agree. Um, so so I have to so whilst it feels like it's his best album in about eight years, it probably isn't. Or well, it probably is, but but you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah. Um, so so what do we have here more of the usual would you say yeah uh, you, you would yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um to be I mean to be fair um, world peace is none of your business the title track uh, sort of kicks the proceedings off is the usual run of um, of uh, Stephen's uh, appraisal of, of the world situation references to current events and geopolitics thrown in for good measure yeah um and of course, some of the more confused politics that um, that uh, that come out of his work sometimes. Um, and then the, the album sort of slumps, in in my opinion, into into uh, just sort of a ramble of stuff. Um, before, and I have to say, strength where credit where it's due. Before picking up in the final third of the album, I actually quite enjoyed. Mm. Noticeably, where actually. The, the sort of the, the the band was stripped out, and I felt that actually the final third of the album was a lot more acoustic. Uh, there is more of the uh, bizarre um, kind of flamenco Spanish mm. guitar thing but going I quite on like in that, there because that, that felt like a progression, you know. Whereas a lot of the rest of it, and I'm talking about most of it, yeah. just felt like some of the some of the same old, same old from years of refusal. Yeah, I I, I mean I think a lot of it's the same old, same old anyway because it's just. What you do? I mean, I agree with you. It starts. It starts, it starts off, I think it starts off bizarrely. I think it starts off pretty good, pretty strong. Yeah. I like what like the first half of the album, and then and then don't like the second half of the album at all. Ah, it's a classic Peter V. Scott situation. Yeah. I, I think pretty much at um, 
Bullfight, well, actually, possibly at Staircase to the University. I might just include Bullfight and Dies, but mm. I, I think the last five, five, I, I think Oboe Concerto and Mountjoy are dreadful. Okay, um, I'll, I'll agree with you on the last track. Yeah, um, and as you say, you've got you've got that usual kind of stuff. It's like, oh, meat is murder. Well, yeah, we know Morrissey. Thank you. We've, we've we've got got that. And then, as you say, it's confused politics with Will Peters on your business, talking about all these dictatorships, and then so, and then at the same time saying. Each time you vote, you support the process. And you're yeah. thinking, yeah, you're still a knob. Yes. You know, it's just... Um, and, as you say, it's, it's kind of perfunctory. Mm. It's kind of perfunctory, more, more, more of the album. It's not, it's not awful, but it's just... And you've got I'm, I'm Not a Man, which, again, is that same kind of thing as basically saying, I'm not a twat and I don't eat meat, therefore I'm great because I love the earth. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, yeah, over eight minutes. It's taking you to tell me that. Mm. The first minute and a half of which is almost silence, and then some birds tweeting and some other rubbish. Um, however, I really like Istanbul, and I like Neil Cassidy drops dead because it's because I quite like I quite like the guitars and that. And, I, and Neil Cassidy drops does have the first hinting of the uh, flamenco guitar kicking in uh, halfway through, which I thought was actually quite. Nice. I suppose. I quite liked Istanbul. Actually, you come to mention it of of the first half of the yeah. album. I quite liked Istanbul. It had a, it had, it, it sort of hit, hinted back to sort of the ringleader stuff, which I quite enjoyed. But uh, yeah, really struggled with this album, to be honest. Yeah, it's almost an hour long as well. Yes. So. <clears throat> wow, what a on, downer. On, on, onto a short, onto a shorter, <laughs> on, onto a shorter album. <laughs> And uh, the debut album by uh, a young Australian band called Five Seconds of Summer, uh, eponymously titled. And reading up on these, apparently they started off basically just doing covers and stuff on YouTube, picked mm. up quite a following on YouTube, and then were chosen to support uh, One Direction on tour globally. And off the back of that, that's resulted in this debut album, which has not only hit number one in the States but also in 12 other countries, and number two in the UK. Uh, it's essentially one of those albums that the young people are listening to, mm. apparently. Um, and it is, you know, it's kind of busted McFly, Blink-182, Green Day-type influence pop-punk. Um, but I have to admit, I quite like this album. Mm. Yeah. Um, it reminded me somewhat of listening to, actually to early Rick Springfield, kind of early 80s Rick Springfield, and they kind of do borrow a couple of riffs from him, actually. Uh, a fellow Australian, as it happens, uh, and it's just bubble gum pop rock. Ideal summer listening puts a smile on your face. First few tracks, in particular, I think are really, really good. So, um, she looks so perfect. Good girls, kiss me, kiss me, I really like. And don't stop, which is the second track, which I think is the standout track on the album. Yeah, which I think is just a really great piece of pop. And it's sugary, yeah. It's overproduced, but frankly, these days amongst you know, mainstream artists, what isn't. And there's some self-depreciating lyrics in there. And they come across as, you know, an actual band, rather than they do write their own stuff, tuned by the, uh, the the songwriting credits. Yeah. And, you know, basically it has to be, has to be said, considering some of the albums we've listened to uh, and reviewed this year, um, I prefer to listen to this than a lot of those and also more than the last Green Day album as well I agree with a lot of what you just said um, I've heard them described as the Australian One Direction um, I would I would agree with that but I wouldn't mean it in the slightest bit of a derogatory way Yeah, um, they are actually 
um, a fresh boy band. Um, but they, they are, and it, well, it's hard to call it original because it isn't. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's not. It's bubblegum yeah. punk pop. Um, but but at the same time, clearly, you know, they're talented. They they, they write their own stuff, um, and it's a it's a very it's just a, it's a, just a good good romp of a pop album. Um, surprisingly entertaining, and yes, you touched on this better perhaps than some of the more serious artists that are doing this. And we've we've reviewed Green Day and Blink One Eight Two albums in the past, yeah. and actually, I would rate rate some of the stuff on here higher higher than the grown up stuff. Um, you know, it's 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 it is what it is, but actually, it's a very entertaining listen. Um, they're obviously going to be massive, um, well, but, yeah, but I can see them far outlasting um, One Direction, who they supported. Quite possibly so. Yeah, quite possibly so. Also, there's a special. Edi- there's about fifteen versions. Of yeah, this yeah. Album to say, as well. there, is a, there is a very long version of the album. <laughs> very thankfully, long. Th- thankfully the, the proper version of the album yeah. is is quite short. Is quite short. But yeah. Yes, there is. But they do so, they, they, they do switch in tracks on other versions of the album as well. Uh, but of course, who records an album and stuff nowadays is a complete work. Yes, <laughs> you can have a song called English Love Affair for the uh, for the UK uh, uh, market. You can have a song called American Sweetheart for the US market. So, so there you go. What does it matter anymore? Hey, pleasing everybody. <laughs> so yeah, surprisingly good. I have to say, I wasn't really looking forward to reviewing that, but uh, I actually found it rather entertaining, and I listened to it more than twice. Uh, ditto. Mm. Uh, so we move on to. Um Theoretically, prog rock, but uh, we'll wait to see if that is or is the case or not. With the twenty-first album, studio album from uh, Yes, first with the singer John Davidson, who is uh, replaced John Anderson. Although his voice is very similar to John Anderson's, and that kind of kind of slightly high-pitched kind of timbre. Um, rest of the band: uh, Steve Howe, Chris Squire, Jeff Downs, and Alan White. So it's the version of the band that's been touring mostly for the last uh, 10 years um, 8 tracks but again 50 minutes as you, as you might expect some longer tracks on, a, on, on an album of this, this ilk uh, how did you find yes <laughs> <laughs> um, this really isn't my scene <laughs> and what do you mean this is prog rock this is prog rock right well isn't it isn't it, it? no no See, in my mind, prog rock, I, I've got those visions of, you know, the gigs at uh, what was then, you know, the Empire Arena with, with Rick Wakeman skating yeah. around on ice, <clears throat> wearing a flowing tunic. If only there was that kind of stuff in here. There, is, there, isn't, there isn't that kind of stuff in here, though. You know, um, while Greensleeves is piped through an accordion in the background. Yeah. Uh, there, is a, there is an element of that on here. Not much of it, though. No, I don't, I certainly, I found the first, the intro of the first track was very much of that ilk. Um... Yeah, but, but but then don't they, didn't you then think it just sounded like uh, together in an electric dreams? Yeah, okay, fair point. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, again, uh, first track aside, <laughs> which may, did make me cringe, um, I actually found that this was quite quite a good album. There's a good album in here somewhere. It's not my thing at all. Yeah. But actually, again, um, once once the album sort of finds its feet. Uh, it, 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 it does develop a life of its own and, and actually when it steps away from the prog rock element steps beyond even steps beyond yeah, beyond. yeah, yeah once it steps beyond the, the, that um, I actually found it quite quite you know middle of the road but quite an enjoyable listen ish 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's me actually. But my, my problem was it is it's not prog en- prog enough. I mean, this is a, they are one of allegedly one of the prog rock greats, mm. and you know, this album falls down a bit on the prog and the rock for me. It's more of a kind of eighties AOR record. It does slip into eighties, yeah. Um, you know, and that's and that's which and and as you say, the songs themselves are actually fine. Mm. And a couple of with a couple of listens, it's got it's quite it's quite well, it, it's not a difficult album to listen to by any means. But by the same token, it's not something that you're really going to remember particularly either. I mean, I, I mean, Step Beyond has a nice little um, riff, riff going on, yeah, in it, which is quite nice to keep synth riff. Um, but bizarrely, that song seems to drag on for quite a long time, which is really bizarre because it's actually shorter than the two tracks that yes. preceded it, yeah, and yet it kind of feels longer, yeah, which is a bit odd. That's um, good, yeah. Um, and for me, the best bits are the bits where it kind of goes off on one and does proggy stuff so 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 that's so the middle bit of believe and and the bit in sub, subway walls uh, the the final final track when you actually get a bit kind of prog, a bit in the jazz, middle jazz fusion yeah stuff. yes that's where you're thinking this is this is this is what this record should be having more of not this aor rubbish yeah um because i know i can live with another aor album yeah true it seems that it does seem lodged in in the, the mid to late eighties. We'll talk about another album in a moment that's lodged in that period, but probably for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. But the the, the reasons here are quite negative. So, <clears throat> moving on to uh, the album by the Rue that I couldn't remember the title of. Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise. Second album uh, following her uh, debut in two thousand and nine. Uh, an album that I own and uh, I like. I have a feeling this is not the first debut album is one of the very first records we possibly reviewed on this podcast. Uh, distinct possibility. I do, yeah. I do believe we did review it. Yeah. Um, so it's Elliot Jackson and or the band as then was Ellie Jackson and record producer Ben uh, Langmaid. Yeah. Although he has since left the building. Yes. Because uh, they fell out. Trouble um, in Paradise. Indeed. See? Although he did still co-wrote, co-produced, co-whatever uh, five of the songs on here. Um, it's an interesting record. She obviously moved away from the 80s electronica um, but then moved to more late 70s early 80s disco yes. vibe hasn't moved very far yeah <laughs> um, to drive the main sound so there's more guitar on the album although it's mute, very muted um, so we get the opener that as someone said to me last week sounds a bit like Kelly Marie right um, and Kiss and Tell I think keeps up this mood and they're, they're both two really good pop tunes I think and at this point in the album I was actually quite happy thinking oh, this is alright yeah, yeah I quite like okay. it this. It's gonna. I'm. Just, we've moved a bit, but actually, I'm still gonna like this album as much as I like the debut. And then, and I don't. And it sounds like I'm gonna criticise Banana Rama, but but it goes a bit Banana Rama, <laughs> <laughs> and actually in a, in not necessarily a good way. In a, in a yeah. So you get cruel sex and tropical chancer and this sexotech, which are all very kind of Banana Rama, but yeah. not necessarily in a good way. And don't really do anything for me at all Um, and I I just was losing the album altogether then Um, but then just before the end you have Silent Partner comes in longest song on the album uh, which actually comes across more like a kind of disco remix of something that might have been on the previous album okay Uh, and I think it's the best possibly the best song on the album alongside Let Me Down Gently which follows it Mm. um which I think is another another cracker. Last track feeling again, put me to sleep. So opening two tracks, Silent Pawn and Let Me Down Gently, good rest of the album. Okay. Um I agree with some of that. 
Um, I actually um, enjoyed the uh, the uh, the bits that you perhaps didn't enjoy so much. Um, I have to admit, as much as you love the debut album, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it at the time. Hmm. I'm now going to go back after this podcast and listen to it again, having listened to this album. This album, to me, actually, um, I've, 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 I really I enjoyed much more. I also found the vulnerability in the lyrics, and particularly if you know anything about the history of the well, obviously the obvious history of the band that we've touched on is that one of them's left, um, yeah. a key player partner has left, and and clearly that runs through the theme of some of the lyrics as well. Um, but also the troubles that, that that Ellie Jackson has had subsequently, with yeah. with fame and and even with her voice, um, uh, comes through. And there's some there's some real raw emotion in this album, which I think was actually lacking from from the original. Possibly. Um, so that's what that that's what I found interesting. Um, and certainly that came through on songs like Cruel Sexuality, Paradise Is You, etc., where it does go a little bit, as you put it, banana rum. <laughs> banana rum. But I actually found it quite sensitive. I should say I like banana rum. No, I know. I know. I know. I don't, you know, I know that musically it's very tight. It's very good. Um, but banana rama or not, I actually, I, you know, I know exactly. It's the good banana rama that you know you're talking about. I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, and, but I completely agree with you. The highlight of the album has to be Silent Partner, followed by that shift into Let Me Down Gently. The, yeah. the, 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 we talk a lot about albums and sequencing. The sequencing there is brilliant. Oh, you, really? ha- you have yeah. Silent Partner, and then it just goes bang into Let Me Down Gently. And it's it's like it's like they're performing it in the room with you. And just the mixing there is fantastic. So yeah, highlight the album, and then of course then you get the feeling at the end, which just lets it all down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the only track of the album she wrote wrote, yeah. wrote herself, unfortunately. But it, it, I know, it's, and it's, it's probably it's probably the most personal, and yet and yet it's probably the weakest point. Yeah. But other than that, really enjoyed this album. <clears throat> so sticking with our uh, dancing shoes on, <laughs> we move on to the fourth album from Cut Copy Free Your Mind, which came out uh, virtually everywhere last year but has only just kind of surfaced or 1989 in the UK yeah 1989 or 67 because apparently the summers of love in 67 and 89 were the 88 89 were the two okay inspirations behind this album so San Francisco 67 UK 88 89 right you wouldn't guess would you no not at all <laughs> Manchester yes <laughs> yeah so <laughs> over to you Pete oh yeah let's talk to the to the token mancunian in the room um it, it's uh, <laughs> where to begin um this this album really surprised me because it's not what I was expecting their last album sounds nothing like this no exactly exactly I mean we talk about bands like doing something different uh well you can't fault fault them for doing something different they've taken that theme and they have run with it um yeah you know and I think perhaps what lets this album I'm going to focus on the negative thing first what lets this down, album down for me is perhaps some of the production it doesn't quite sound as tight as it should be mm-hmm. um, and in fact and maybe this is a thing they were deliberately going for I was listening to this album earlier and despite listening through to it on digital quality I felt like I was listening to it on a cassette maybe that's intended yeah, going perhaps. with the with the obviously the, the theme of the album um, okay to quibble aside um, I actually found some of the album. In fact, I found most of this album really enjoyable. Yeah. Again, for some of the reasons I've touched on with the Larue record, um, it, 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 that lyrically, I thought it was really spot on in terms of the, that. In terms of going for the theme, and 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 talking about what it's like 
to be in a club or in a rave or or in 1988 <laughs> it really got it really got the soul of, of what was going on there um quite an early highlight for me was the the, the cover of um of let me show you love which is obviously a classic from from the from the era although i thought always thought that was more early 90s but still um that could just be me and what i remember mm. which is probably all a bit of a blur um th that was that was really good and uh, the way they just dropped that in there um and that's the thing the album again feels sequenced and you've got these little between some of the tracks you've got these little skits of little um sort of cuts of people talking and dialogue and noodling. Uh, yeah noodling which but it sort of fits the theme and yeah. you know and, and at one point there's even someone talking about hallelujah because only moments before i had thought of the um the oak and fold remix of uh, happy mondays <laughs> tune of the same name <laughs> you know so they've really done the research and gone for it um but as i say my only sort of feeling was that it perhaps perhaps just wasn't as sharp as it could have been um and that's why if you're going to go for a um a, a record of the era you best listening to something recorded then so you your last comment there is what is what sums sums this album up for me. For me. As 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 someone that was obviously uh, started university eighty eight eighty nine, um, the whole of that kind of sound was was the thing that permeated my early university days. So this is going back to that that kind of time. And whilst it is done, it's good. so it's almost, it's almost like a pastiche in a way. Mm. Uh, and it, and it, it takes kind of Yesaya kind of one step further in that kind of sense. Yeah. Um, but as I said, but without the kind of production quality perhaps of Yesaya. I'm glad you <clears> mentioned <throat> Yesaya because that thought occurred. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as you say, it kind of starts off um, with with intro, which is almost kind of like, uh, kind of particularly the, in the very first intro is very kind of, kind of, kind of almost Todd Rundgren type things on a couple of his things. I want to get back to the usual referencing today. Bing! Yeah, before it then becomes kind of Yaz meets Primal, <laughs> primal Scream. Yes. Um, <clears throat> on the on free your mind, and then when you go, as I said, when you go through the record, you're pretty much ticking off. You're going, oh yeah, there's the Mondays, you know, there's the Charlatans, there's more Primal Scream, there's a there's a bit of uh, Eurasia, uh, hints of PSB and OMD in there as well. Yes. Um, oh yes. That kind of stuff, and it's. It's fine, but I was left just thinking I'd prefer to go back and listen to the stuff from from then if I wanted to listen to this mm. kind of things. Although I do like We Are Explorers, um, Dark Corners is also a track I like, which has that almost kind of the, the kind of singing's almost kind of uh, Brian Ferry esque, and uh, music is very uh, George Harrison esque. Yeah. Although that might be mainly because it does nick um, my sweet lord's melody. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go there, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I got in the album, having listened to their last album, which I said doesn't sound like this. Um, it, it's 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 fine. Yeah. But but and I can't fault it. Some of the songs, some of the songs are good. But I did get to the end just thinking, however good these bits are, and Meet Me in the House of Love actually is a great song as well. I, again, like the Larue album, it, I think it peaks about two tracks too soon before the end mm. um, and I, I, again I really like the mixing of, of, of Meet Me in the House of Love which for for personal reasons um, mentions the lyrics come together 
which of course really chimes with the era as well yeah and um and then and then goes into take me higher which again couldn't be closer to scream Adelica if you wanted um absolutely so but so so it really peaks there and then it sort of tapers off a bit you know it's just like how do we finish this well we don't don't come down sharply we just come down on that note we'll finish oh, that, that, that note. I know but I like yeah. that you like that thanks yeah hey Good sound bite there, kids. <coughs> so we finish off uh, with third solo outing from uh, ex Relo Keeley front, ma- front man, I suppose, there. Front woman, Jenny Lewis, uh, the Voyager. Um, and <coughs> this is an album that's taken about four years to make, having suffered from kind of chronic insomnia for kind of two years and the breakup of the band and death of a dad and various other kind of things going on in her life. Um, so she decided to kind of write a collection of songs um, with um, not always cheery lyrics it has to be said um, but to write a nice kind of upbeat sounding record so you've got a collection basically it's a collection of mostly upbeat pop tunes with slightly less upbeat lyrics mm. about relationships mostly ones going wrong infidelity you know the biological clock ticking death a few other things Um Musically, it kind of sits somewhere between kind of Camera Obscura, Fleetwood Mac, who I think are probably the band we've mentioned most on this podcast in the last kind of eighteen months. True, actually, actually yeah. um, and Rio Keely themselves, and also with a smattering of the Bangles thrown in there as well. Um, albums produced by Ryan Adams, and um, also Beck produced one of the tracks on it as well. And it's an album that I, that I, I think, on repeat listenings, kind of really kind of warms and I think because because it is a collection of just nice tunes essentially so I think it's, I think it starts off great with Head Underwater which is one of my favourite tra- tracks on it which is very much Fleetwood Mackie but then has a then has a surprise DM guitar part in it actually pops up in the middle of oh yeah yes uh, yeah. now you mention it yeah exactly so I really, like, I really like that. I really, I really like the kind of the kind of lyrics that she's not me about some somebody that's basically kind of fucked up a relationship by cheating on cheating on the other half and then fessing up and he's then gone off and mm. he's got happy and met the woman of his dreams and she's still standing around with you know nothing going on. Yeah. One of the one of the guys trying to fit in, which is the song that Beck produced. Really like guitar. Some really great guitar on Slippery Slopes, um, which I really like. And then it's. I just like some of the lyrics. Go, go through, you can't outrun M and the new you. I quite like the kind of the whole kind of vibe of of those. And and hello and the three Johns when there's a great line about you know the character reading Slash's autobiography yes. and then throwing a, getting, you know, finding a TV yeah throwing a TV smashed, kind of smashed yeah. outside of a yeah. green window. Uh, so the whole, that whole kind of vision I quite I quite liked. Uh, I just think it's just a re- really lovely record. Yeah. Um, obviously it's got devastating lyrics in part and um, it is such an upbeat record mm. musically uh, and uh, and I tell you what um, uh, you know it, our 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 sex doesn't come out of this this album very well <laughs> at all <laughs> uh, I was about to say our genre then but you know what I mean yeah. um, so yeah what can I add I mean Aloha and the Three Johns is, 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 is actually done very well yeah, it's a comedy comedy record. It almost. is almost, yeah. You know, um, it's, I, I, I was trying. I was listening to that. I've listened to that record, that track in particular, several times, trying to figure out 
what, what the episode is about because <laughs> it feels like you are listening to the most entertaining story or anecdote you know um, and there are other moments like that in the album like just one of the guys um, uh, and Slippery Slopes it, 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 you feel you feel that she's she's singing very personally and from the heart at times and yet actually on other records she's got that great ability of a storyteller just to pick little bits of information from other people and yeah. combine it into into something greater than some of the parts so you know lyrically it's 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 very strong in places it's it needs a couple of listens i have to admit the first time i listened to this record um i, I did struggle with it not sure why now now i've listened to it a few times um so so definitely one it's an ent- yeah it's an entertaining record if you like if you like a story if you like your lyrics to tell a story and if you and if you and if you like a kind of you know i suppose a kind of relaxed kind of yeah, South Californian kind of. Yeah, you don't have to think about it too much. Musical sound. Yeah, you know, you don't have to know the history. It's just all there for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one to finish on. Actually. I think it is. Yeah. So is 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 Larue your favourite album of the podcast? Well, it's a, it's a toughie this one because um, I, I, again I'm trying to think what's the outstanding album. <laughs> That's a theme for 2014, isn't it? It is a theme for um, 2014. Um, so, I mean, LaRue certainly, uh, for me, was the most polished and at, at times the most the most personal. Um, cut copy, most fascinating. Um, mm. I could listen to that again and again and again. My opinion probably wouldn't change that much, though. Yeah. Um, and then we've talked about Jenny Lewis um, there at the end. So, oh, oh God, plump for one. Um, I'll go with LaRue. I would probably just edge towards Jenny Lewis, although with with a with a special nod to Five Seconds of Summer. Dare I say it? Okay. Wow, five a five second nod. Indeed. There you go. Until next time, peeps. You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast. <laughs>